restore some pride. It matters. Kelly, the big change is where this was found. And it was found, um, by my observation, in a much more secure place, limited access place, than that West Wing reception area. It's still a publicly trafficked, a frequently trafficked place, but it's down near the Situation Room, right off West Executive, down below. And normal people, just average people, just can't get in there, even with the entry from the Northwest Gate. You know that, that thing about the frogs in the pots? Okay, so here it goes. There's two pots of water, and there's two frogs. Yeah, our own Kelly O'Donnell reports that it's possible that we might not even get uh, to learn who actually brought uh, this small baggie is. So I'm sure that's a sigh of relief to whoever sort of made the boneheaded move of bringing a bag of cocaine to the White yeah. House. Thank you, Nikki. Do you wonder what I'm kicking here? I'm kicking a stand in. It's not working. All right. Maybe I stand on it. I'll be 6'4". It is July 7th, 2023. Welcome to The Daily Rob. You can find Rob all across the internet. Check the all my links. It has all of his socials. And without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, and culture's hero, the one and only Rob Smith. Hello, Stu. Hello, America. I'm still out here in Malibu. And while Hunter Biden is living at the White House, I went back his other house that the taxpayers are paying for and the Secret Service are out there. And I asked them some things. I said, hey, is is Hunter a crackhead? And they said, yeah, he is. He snorts coke all the time. Now, one thing I want to say before we even dive into it is who says that Hunter Biden hasn't always been a user? The media reports say ex-addict. How do we know that? I mean, he said he was an ex-addict, but that doesn't mean he's an ex-addict. Just think about that as I go through the story. Well, you know, they come up with all, first of all, they said that the cocaine was found on the White House ground. Then it was admitted that it was in the library where Hunter Biden was working with his laptop. Then they come out and said, well, it was in a cubby where uh, people, uh, uh, lots of travel uh, goes through there with visitors. Now, today they've changed it again, and they say that it is in the uh, the Western White House. Uh, it is still in the um, the private part of the White House, um, but they're saying now it was in a much more secure place near the Situation Room, next to where Kamala Harris's vehicle is parked whatever that means. Uh, But the story is just changing over and and over again. And this is the United States of America. This is the White House. And today, the press secretary and a number of other folks just, they were so evasive. But you got the White House visitor logs. You got the fingerprints on the bag. You've got cameras everywhere. You've got eyewitness testimony. And as you said, you can drug test everybody in the White House. You know, Dan Bongino was on air today, and he actually worked in the White House. And he says, quote, there's absolutely zero chance of anyone other than a family member brought that cocaine into the White House complex. No chance that would make it past the mag slash security checkpoints. Family bypasses those. I'm not sure if you've seen the video. But Hunter is on the balcony the 4th of July, and um, this is spreading like wildfire across the Internet. And it looks like he 
took a bump, a snort of cocaine on the balcony while playing with Biden children. And you can see kind of the angst on Jill's face. Um, I would say Joe's face, but Joe's face always looks distorted. Then, and this is a little bit of an aside, but it's so fucked up how fucked up this family is. So Ashley Budd, who's 42 years old, who um, admitted in her diary that she took showers with her father. Think about that. Showers with her father. And that she grew up as a sex addict, probably because things that happened in her childhood. Hmm. There's a video of her with her hands around her dad, and she's kind of massaging him um, right there on the White House balcony. It's creepy as shit. Anyway, then um, there's this guy, Andrew Bates. He's the White House Deputy Press Secretary. And he was asked about this. He could not say whether or not the cocaine found at the White House on Sunday belonged to Hunter or President Joe Biden. And he cited the Hatch Act. The fuck does the Hatch Act have to do with it? He's a political appointee. The Hatch Act is for federal employees that what they can't do is is uh, politic. Uh, again, when you change the story five or six times, when you say that uh, it's unlikely that they'll ever find out who this is, are you fucking kidding me? And now they say they can't talk about it because it's the Hatch Act. Well... Guess what? It's Hunter Biden's cocaine, okay? And speaking of Hunter Biden, the deep state, and the cor- corruption, the federal prosecutor who he did his uh, plea deal with is uh, United States Attorney Derek Hines. Now, he previously worked for Hunter Biden's business partner. Guess who that was? Louis Free, the uh, ex-head of the FBI and a Biden protege. And uh, this guy, Hines, signed off on all the charges, along with uh, U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who's already been caught up in lies. Louis Free uh, is a great friend of the Bidens, and apparently uh, he gave $100,000 to the Biden grandchildren to put in a trust. And Louis Free and Hunter Biden worked on a deal together. One of these, these just, I mean, crooked, slimy uh, deals with an Eastern European oligarch. Um, they were involved in a Romanian deal, uh, you know, where they agreed to kind of help some guy who's a criminal in Romania. So Free and Hunter Biden work together. It's just incredible, the conflicts of interest, and it's obvious why this guy was chosen. All right, another fun thing going on today is little Greta, how dare you, Thornburg might be going to jail. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. How dare you? Like all these entitled leftists, she was protesting. You know, Stu, that's what they do. I've seen them before. 
you and I go to the football game, you know, and that's what we look forward to. They look forward to going to protest. There's this guy in my church. He's a huge liberal. And I remember, I'll never forget, he was talking to people at church at one of the coffee hours. Hey, you going to the protest tomorrow? You going to the protest? It's like, hey, you going to the Super Bowl? People are creepy. Well, anyway, she was in the Swedish city of Malmo. And uh, she was having her climate change, um, you know, world is going to end protests. And they were blocking traffic. And she was defiant and disobedient to the police. And, you know, that's something, you, it's a crime. Why do you have the right to disrupt the lives of hundreds of other people? You know, some people have jobs that have to, to be placed. So um, I think she can get up to six months in jail. Um, I think that's what she's being charged with. Now, the big news of the day, and this is big. Uh, we reported on this guy a while back. Uh, there's this guy named Dr. Gall Luft. I believe he's an Israeli. He's a smart dude. And um, he was about to be arrested um, by the Biden DOJ and FBI in Cyprus. Uh, and he was, he says he was falsely charged of being some sort of a gun run. And he says that they're trying to get their hands on him because he knows all about Hunter Biden and all about the treason and the payoffs Joe Biden got from the communist Chinese. Now, this guy, um, was involved with that China energy company we keep talking about, CEFC. You know, it's a business conglomerate closely tied with the Chinese Communist Party in that certain higher-ups in the Chinese Communist Party actually serve on the board and own part of it. Anyway, um, he put out a 14-minute video today. Uh, and the New York Post has it, and you can read it, you can see it online. Basically says the Biden DOJ and FBI are trying to frame him. I think he infers trying to kill him. He's been in hiding for months because he's afraid of him. But this is a tell-all video. But perhaps the most alarming information I revealed was of a mole within the DOJ who shared classified information with Hunter Biden and his Chinese partners. I told the DOJ that Hunter was closely associated with a very senior retire, retired FBI official who had distinct physical characteristic. He had one eye. One of the FBI agents at the time even told me, you know, that would be very easy for us to find. There aren't that many one-eyed people in the Bureau. The information I provided the FBI in March of 2019 was fully corroborated nine months later when the famous laptop belonging to Hunter Biden, which contained all the emails and receipts, was handed to the FBI. And guess who seized the laptop from the computer repair shop? It was Special Agent Joshua Wilson, who was with me in Brussels earlier. In other words, the FBI knew about, uh, from me, 
about the Biden CFC deals before they got hold of the laptop, way before. They had enough time to investigate the issue, but they didn't. After Brussels, I never heard back from the DOJ, but instead of showing appreciation for my whistleblowing, I became public enemy number one. Over the past four years that followed, me, my family, my friends, my associates, we were all harassed, intimidated, and finally, I was prosecuted. One other thing, um, apparently Marjorie Taylor Greene has been booted from the House Freedom Caucus. And the word is, and it doesn't make sense, there was a vote on it the other day, that she called the Bobit girl who carries, you know, she's a congressman, she carries a gun from Colorado. Um, they got into a little spat. And Marjorie Taylor Greene called her a little bitch. I can't believe you kicked somebody off the Freedom Caucus for that. My guess it is Marjorie Taylor Greene actually supported McCarthy uh, for Speaker. And uh, I think that probably has something to do with it. But more Beltway intrigues, too. Anyway, that's what I got today. You know, there's some people who think that, you know, when Marjorie Taylor Greene split up with her husband, it's because she was dating Kevin McCarthy. I don't know if you've heard that before. I have not heard that. Okay. Today, I'm talking about what's going on with Walt Nata. And he said that he was not guilty today. But this man faces 90 years in prison unless he flips on Trump. And so we're just going to go into who he is and the crimes he's been accused of. Born in Guam, he's a Navy veteran. And, you know, Guam's not a state, so he's not even a full U.S. citizen in that sense. And he has been accused of conspiracy to obstruct justice, withholding a document or record, corruptly concealing a document or record, corruptly concealing a document in a federal investigation, scheme to conceal and making false statements and representations. And so this is all from moving boxes around that were the declassified records from Trump. Now, a lot of people don't realize a lot of this Presidential Records Act of 1978 stuff, this, is a, this was important in a pre-digital world where you didn't have endless copies of stuff. That's why it's important, but we, it's essentially anachronistic because we're past it with technology. So it's not like Trump is sitting on documents that he only has. There are multiple copies of these documents. He just has the paper versions of them. And that's... You mean almost anybody else could have the paper versions as well. Yeah, because they could just print them off. You can get the digital copy. So you're really going after him for something that is... It's like, it's like one of those crimes that's on the books in certain cities that goes back 100 years almost. I mean, this goes back to 1978, so, you know, nearly 50 years, but the technology has radically changed. And so they say, the prosecution says that they have evidence to show that he's guilty of all these things, overwhelming evidence. Who is he? Walt Nadal. So the valet... Trump's valet, butler, personal assistant. They, say, they call him the body man. So he's kind of like 
in the shadows and he's been very loyal to Trump. But, you know, you wish the fervor that these prosecutors were going after people with actually went after criminals. So yeah, this guy just moved some boxes. He was told to move some boxes. And of course, he's moving boxes within, you know, if what they say is true, within Trump's house anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like Joe Biden, who has classified documents from when he was a senator and a vice president, which he's not entitled to have, that are literally spread all over the country. Obama has them in a warehouse in Chicago. And you could say that this actually, you know, who else would be in this chain of custody? If they're going so aggressively after him, what about the guys who were in the moving trucks that brought the documents to Mar-a-Lago? I mean, where where does this begin and end? And, you know, show us the evidence if you think he's guilty of 90 years. You think the guy sat down with Trump and said, hmm, let's go over the Foreign Espionage Act together. Um, You know, let's get our lawyers involved. And, you know, you just move some boxes. Yeah. I mean, these people are horrible, horrible, horrible. I don't know how they sleep at night putting innocent people in jail, ruining their lives. This guy doesn't have the money to fight this thing. So what they're trying to do is get him to cop a plea, to put so much pressure on this poor guy to get him to say something that's false so they can use it against Trump. Yeah. One of the comments he's publicly made was, you know, my mom is really worried about this, but I told her that I'm completely innocent and she has nothing to fear. But it's just trying to get a plea deal so they can have something that they can hurt Trump with. And they've done this with people who were involved with the Capitol, trying to get them to say they felt pressured by Trump to do this. Uh, You know, when they're protesters and he's just someone they don't even have a relationship with. And this is the most disgusting part of it to me, is that the, the Department of Justice's attitude is that you might be able to beat the charges, but you can't beat the ride and you can't afford it. So a lot of people are just taking a plea agreement to just get out of it, even though they're not guilty. And in fact, I'm really have to admire William Cressman because he was offered a plea agreement. He had to do two things. He had to agree to the two lesser charges and he had to condemn President Trump. Wow. And say that President Trump was the one that made him do it. And he said, that's just not true. And I'm not going to admit to something that isn't true. So he has put himself through this like a martyr. And I cannot wait for the day that he gets out and that he can tell his story publicly because it's, that, that was the ask. You have to condemn President Trump. And you have to plead to these other charges. I'm not guilty of any of it. So it's just this constant war to kind of get people to sign documents so they don't have the full force of the state coming against them legally, just to get a stack of ammo to use against Trump saying, or have people turn against Trump. I mean, it's just, I mean, you really wish that, you know, they were this excited, deep state about actually finding people who really want to harm America. I read somewhere that in one of these uh, document cases, they wanted somebody to sign something that they knew was, that they made up themselves completely untrue. And these people had no, no, no ethics at all. You know, this, these people represent the worst people in history where they just lust for power so much, they'll do anything, um, no matter how evil, uh, to hold on to power. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really gross, and it just highlights the systemic rot in the judicial process nowadays. I agree, Stu. But that's all I have for you today.
All right, Stu, go forth and multiply. Okay. We need good. more little Stu's out there getting okay. after it. Thank you. Okay, see ya. See ya. That's problematic!